This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to Bear Archery's Hunting 101 podcast, where hunters new and old come to learn and find inspiration from stories of hunts gone by. Everyone is welcome to enjoy the outdoor way of life, and there is no better time to start so let's head into the great outdoors with your host, Dylan Ray. All right, and welcome to Bear Archery's Hunting 101. I am joined by two of my friends. Uh, well, I shouldn't call them friends, but acquaintances. No, I'm just kidding. I am joined by Austin Ledbetter and John Moraz. John John, as you'll hear us call him probably. Uh, John John and Austin, how are you gentlemen? Doing good. You're a little nervous. A little nervous about what? Uh, I'm sitting in front of a microphone and everything I say is going to be recorded. It's very serious stuff. <laughs> every, t- <laughs> every time you get on a microphone, you get in trouble somehow. Yep. Usually when I get on a microphone, I get in trouble with my wife somehow because everything is recorded. Or she just hears it. Um, now... Before we dive in, we're going to talk about, um, well, you saw the title of the, the episode, The Deer of an Absolute Lifetime, a deer that John John killed. Uh, what year was that? Uh, 2017. 2017. A deer that John John shot in 2017. Uh, but before we dive into that story, I do need to give a quick thank you to our friends over at American Hunt. American Hunt is a website that offers Airbnb-style land leasing. Uh, you can log on and put where you want to hunt, once you want, what you want to hunt, and a bunch of properties will pop up, and you can lease those properties by the day. So for hunters who are traveling through uh, a state and decide they want to hunt one morning, it's the perfect option. Or if you're looking to, to, to lease your ground, but you don't want to give up the rights all year long, also a great option to get your land leased. Now, before I jump in, I, I, I said we would jump in after that, but before I jump in, Austin, you just got back from Idaho. How was that? Oh, if I could put it into one word, that would probably be the I sound. don't even think that's a word. <laughs> oh, no, it was it was beautiful. It was uh I did what every Western hunter does and, and I did a ton of uh e scouting. And unfortunately, those little wavy lines that make up the topo map, they don't always give it a correct representation of what you're jumping into. So, yeah, it was uh, it was very <laughs> educating. Um, but I'm hard-headed, so maybe that's the best way for me to learn is by uh, beating the tar out of my feet and, you know, going up steep brush, uh, chasing bugles, 
morning and night. Um, I mean, I, I, I can say how terrible it was, but it was honestly, it was a, as an experience I'll never forget. And that's why we keep going back because yep. we get home and we think, good grief, that sucked. <laughs> but we still find ourselves going back. Oh yeah. I've, I find myself feeling like I'm really, really in good shape now that I'm down at like 900 feet. <laughs> uh, now that you can breathe. Oh, breathe that and you and were run. stuck with that and you were stuck with Nick Layton for like f- 14 days. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There was three other guys that went with me, and uh, I said it in the the post that I made on Facebook because I actually I got to I was honored. Uh, God blessed me with a a black bear, a brown color phase black bear. But um, yeah, I was I was very fortunate to to have one walk into fifteen yards as we were chasing uh, three or four bugles, something like that. Could have been five, but uh, as we were chasing them all up the hill a uh, black bear started making its way up the rock slide right next to us. And from, from what I was told, that's pretty rare to just have one stumble on you. So I, uh, I, I decided not to pass it up, but, uh, a hundred percent agree that, uh, I, I said it to the guys with me, uh, having all three of them there to watch the entire thing is, is it mattered just as much as me taking the bear home with me, just, uh, watching, you know, David trying to, you know, give me the hand signals and Josh was mouthing me, you know, the words like, you're going to kill this bear. And then Nick, he was kind of just hunkered down and, and some kind of like Spider-Man pose because from the moment the bear was coming in, he claims he's not afraid of bears, but his, his body language said otherwise. <laughs> and he said, no guys, I just didn't know how to behave. I've been studying elk. He's, he's kind of new to all this. And he said, I didn't know what to do. So that's what I was nervous. I didn't want to mess it up, but yeah, it was it was such an experience. The high fives, the you know, uh, I said words that I've never said before. Uh, I know there's a popular video out there of a country singer named Luke Bryan when he shoots a, a deer. He goes, "Did I get him? Did I Is get he him? down? Is, Is he, he down? down? Did you see it go down?" <laughs> so I, I don't know what was going through my head, but I channeled Luke Bryan and said words I've never said after shooting any animal. And uh, I, I turned and looked at both of them and fist pumped and said, "Smoke them." Smoked him. Now, we we I, I shot a bear, um, but had to be what three days before you shot yours, four yeah. days before you shot yours. Yeah, both of our first ever bears, and I again I don't know what was so different about harvesting a bear as opposed to harvesting a whitetail or anything else, but I was the same way. I mean, I, I reacted completely different than I've ever reacted after shooting an animal. I mean, just um in shock and awe. I mean, you hear noises. The bear makes noises oh. you've never heard before. Um, some eerie noises come out of those 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 bears once they've been shot. But um, I, I'm with you, man. I, I experienced a different feeling than I've ever experienced before. You know, I just threw my hands up and just, I mean, I was in the pitch black of a mountain. I mean, nobody within uh, miles of me. And I just threw my hands up and screamed at the top of my lungs, thank you, Lord. <laughs> <And> just, uh, <laughs> But it was just an awesome experience, man. But, uh, no, I told you, I, I would have, I'm happier you shot the bear than if you had shot a bull. Now, you might be mad at me for saying that, but no, no. that's just me, man. I was pumped for you. A beautiful bear, beautiful bear, brown color phase bear. Um Idaho is 80% color phase. Did you know that? Uh, I I do now. So 80% color phase because uh, the outfit I was bear hunting with also runs an outfit in Maine. And they were telling us that not there's no color phase bears in Maine, period. They said you will not see any other color bear other than black. Now, if you come out to Idaho and hunt with us, 80% of what you're going to see is color phase. Has to do with the amount of rain, what, is it, what they said, how wet an area is, if it's color phase or not. Hmm. 
I don't know why. Don't know how uh, it affects them, but and if I'm wrong on that, then my outfitter was wrong. But uh, <laughs> he talked about it being the amount of water, how dry a place is, that uh, if they're color phase or not. So who knows? But um, man, I'm pumped for you, great bear. Um, we're both gonna have full size bear rugs that we can just lay on and and enjoy. Mm. <laughs> All right. Well, let me tell you my part of this story before we dive in. I was heading out of town on, to go to Arkansas. Now, at this time, John John was in my youth group. John John, how old were you when this happened? 17. 17. So you're 20 now? Yep. All right. So 17 years old, you were in my youth group. I get a phone call, and usually if any kid in my youth group calls me and they're like, dude, I just killed a deer, I want to be there to see it. Like, that's first thing I'm like, I'm, I'll make time and I'll, I'll get away for that. Um, I happened to be going out of town. I was headed to Arkansas to visit family. Uh, and so I was like, no, man, buddy, I can't, you know, I'm sorry. Um, wish I could, but I'm happy for you. And I get another phone call 10, 15 minutes later. It's like, dude, you just got to come down here, come down here and see it. I'm like, okay, I'll try to sneak off. And so I pull up thinking to myself, you know, John John shot an, probably a nice deer, probably a 140, 150 inch deer. And I roll up and literally my jaw fell open. I mean, when I rolled up, you guys were halfway through measuring the thing. So you're at like 150 halfway through and, and an hour uh, in <laughs> and an hour in and my jaw literally dropped. Now I do want to preference this too. Um, you had just started hunting. This was Second year hunting? Like third year of hunting. Second year. Well, at least deer hunting. Uh, you might have bird hunted and stuff no, before. No, third year. Third yeah. year of hunting in general. When I met his... John John is my brother-in-law. And when I met him, his dad said that uh, uh, he has a, a little pasture behind his house. And he says, yeah, there's deer that come through sometimes. Um, and one of the things he said, he said, yeah, you you can... You're welcome to hunt here. I just... I'd like to get my son into hunting. I think that'd be good for him. And... Uh, I think that he just thought that uh, I needed a friend, so he he said John John will be your friend. But the first year we took him out, uh, <laughs> there we he almost became like an instant friend for me. You know, we sat in a blind together with him singing "God Bless America." And <laughs> the first deer that I actually got him on, we were just walking a field line, and for some reason something had spooked this you know younger eight point towards us. And I did the thing where I'm in front of him and I know a muzzle blast is about to come. So I look at him and I did the, the Luke Bryan face, shoot him. And I cover my ears and roll away and I don't hear a gunshot for a few seconds. And I look up and the buck is, is starting to, you know, turn to trot away. So I, I give him the patented and, <laughs> and he stops again. So I do the same thing, shoot him now. And I roll away with my fingers in my ears. And then the, the buck barrels off after a few seconds and I look at him and he goes, I was shaking too bad. <laughs> Now, that's the only reason um, I can say this because your wife's not going to listen to the podcast. That's the only reason you married her, because her dad had a pasture in Kansas that he wanted to he gave you rights to hunt. So, um, <laughs> no, we've all seen that post of, of, you know, super ugly chick with nasty teeth. And then it says when her daddy says she got 400 acres in Kansas, nobody hunts it or whatever. And he's putting a ring on her hand. Uh, that was that was not that Sheridan's ugly, but uh, that was the only reason you married her. And don't lie 100% not ugly. 100%. <laughs> Hundred percent not. This ugly. is this is this is just in case he does. She does listen. He can get some brownie <laughs> points. No. Uh. All right. So third year hunting. Uh. John. John. Walk me through those first three years of hunting. Since this is a a learning uh, podcast, and we want people to learn, we want people to grow as as outdoorsmen and as hunters. What did you learn in those first three years of hunting? Um, a lot of stuff. Did you learn of... your directions? No. <laughs> I still have not figured it out yet. 
um, <clears throat> a lot of stuff. And um, that's all to Austin. You know, he's been a great teacher. Um, just a lot of stuff that um, you'll never forget. Um, you know, the first year of hunting, Austin mentioned it. We He got me on a buck and couldn't pull the trigger. Um, I was shaking too bad. And uh, the second year of hunting, um, of deer hunting, uh, I was in a blind and um, a little spike buck popped out on a pile of corn and I shot him. Um, I love the way that he characterizes the story with zero comedic value. So I'm going to retell that. I am, <laughs> I am, I'm across town. I'm on the other edge of our little town outside of town. Like we both are. And I get a call. So I answer it doing the whisper thing, you know, Hey, what, what, what happened? He said, I shot a big one. I shot it. I, I think he's big. I think he's big. It was okay. It, it was a little dark, but I think he's big. <laughs> so I said, okay, you know, I gave him the patented, you know, hey, did you see him go down? I have these rules for, you know, someone that's new. If you don't see him drop. Did you see him go down? <laughs> is he is down? He down? <laughs> but uh, I asked if he saw him go down and he said no. And I said, okay, we'll wait 30 minutes. And then after 30 minutes, you can get out and go check for blood. So 30 minutes goes by and I'm out of the stand. I call him and say, hey, did you find blood? He's like, oh, I found him. He's <laughs> He didn't just check for blood and then ask me, which, you know, I usually want to know what's in the blood, what's it look like. Like he had already found the blood and then followed it, you know, probably a few hundred yards down uh, to where the deer was laying. Kudos for him. He tracked <laughs> his first deer. But that's where the emotion changed so much in those two phone calls. He's like, oh, I, think, I can't wait to see him. I think he's good. I think I got him good. And then the second phone call. Yeah, I found him. <laughs> <laughs> he had shot a he had shot a four corn buck, which hey, you know, it's his it was his first deer and I, I was still just as excited for My him. My first deer was a doe that weighed like forty five pounds. <laughs> <laughs> that was a German shepherd. And but she should <laughs> And she might as well have been a, a 300-inch buck, dude. I was thinking, threw my hands up. My dad tackled me in that field. <laughs> yeah, I remember Grant was there for my, my first doe. I she hope was a he lot didn't very... tackle you. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, no, but when he when he called me, the shakiness in his voice was what I, I remember the best. And uh, that led into to deer, year number three, but deer number two, because mm -hmm. I got that same phone call. Yeah. Now, before, hold on, before we get into... To, to, to what you said year three third year of hunting second deer he would have ever shot the night before this hunt you killed a big deer two nights yeah two nights before this you i shot a big hours. deer i shot my buck on thursday night on that property yeah uh was, was it in that blind no it was from the same tree stand yeah. uh we had had these two deer that were coming through we named one big boy and one big 10 and from the very start before we'd even come onto this property he had told me how badly you know i really want to kill something over 200 inches i hear everybody talk John about John these guys that? yeah on the way funny on the, <laughs> yeah, on the way to the spot I, he's in my truck with me with a camera to go put it up and he tells me how uh, everyone always brags about you know they the i just want to kill a big deer so i so i can be like them and we get out there and then set a camera that one week later we will have the most patterned deer I've... I mean, if I didn't know better, we checked the ears for, for holes, for, ta for hang tags. This deer was the most daylight consistent deer for being pre-November activity that I've ever seen. 
I've got a lot of of years of looking at trail cam footage. Now you're talking about the 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 one he shot or the one you shot? His. Mine mine was consistently coming in like most mature deer would. It was sporadic, you know, doing those rounds yeah. like once once every, you know, few days to a week he, he would come in, but that deer had a routine of around 5:30 every afternoon. <laughs> like it, it was it was, you know, at least once a day he was on that camera and it was just uh, mind-blowing how consistently we would see him. Now, don't lie. If this deer would have walked out when you were sitting there, you weren't waiting for little brother-in-law to shoot it. You were going to torch that deer. So I'll go back and uh, I'll, I'll preface this by saying my timeline. Uh, I saw the deer two times. Well, I saw it one time at 50 yards walking the creek bank. And if 50 yards had been 20 yards, I would probably be the main focus of this podcast right now. Because I, I, as much as I love John John and I know how bad he wanted that, I don't want to pat myself on the back by saying I've got that much self-control, except for the second time. And I actually, uh, I was telling a buddy while we were on, on our, our trip, uh, that this happened and I don't know if he believed me. So I had to whip out the video. I have a video, a very dark video of the buck that he shot. It came in the night that I shot my, I think it was just at or below 160 inch 10 point. His deer came in as I had hands on the horns pulling it out. I, I, if you want to shoot a deer, the best you've ever shot, know that there's a bigger deer in there because I had never like made such an amazing shot on a buck because I'd also never looked around me to make sure there was never a bigger deer before I shot now, one. Now listen, I, and you know the property better than I do. Yeah. But looking at your deer, although his was bigger, yours was probably the dominant buck. Yeah, and and in, in the other instance where I had seen that buck at 50 yards, he was trailing a doe along with three other bucks, and my buck had led up to a little thicket at the top of a small rise. Uh, he'd led a doe up there, and my buck was standing up there fending off all these other bucks. So I knew that mine was the dominant buck for the area, but it was by no means the the largest in headgear. But So I, I had shot that buck at 20 yards, and he had ran 20 yards and piled up. And as I'm dragging him out... I hear a stick break and I hear a stomp and I look with my headlamp and there is the monster himself, big boy, uh, sitting there watching me pulling this deer out, you know, and he stands there and my instinct is the same as any other hunter. When you see the biggest deer you've ever seen is, is, you know, laws to the wind. I knocked an arrow and then shoot I, that dude. I thought about it and I unknocked my arrow and I said, there's no way I'm getting away with this. There's no way this is the right thing to do. I had enough clarity of mind to unknock the arrow and pull my phone out and take a quick video of him before he left. Uh, and then after that point, the next time that I would see him, uh, you know, would would be with him laying on the ground. Now, I know I've told you this before, but kudos to you. I mean, and I don't say that in any kind of sarcastic way, but a lot of guys wouldn't have. And I appreciate that hunting is more than who can put the biggest rack on the on the wall for you. I appreciate that because a lot of guys would have let morals go out the window. They would have let their understanding of being what a true sportsman is fly out the door and they would have shot that deer. And I appreciate uh, that hunting means enough to you that you that you stuck to your guns and you didn't do that. Yeah, and and maybe I was just in the right place at the right time. If this had been a, a place where no one else knew. I don't want to pat myself on the back here. I knew I had a brother-in-law that knew that was there. Um, I'm sure, I mean, we're, the place we were hunting was very, that deer was known by other people, which was evident by how many people, you know, got mad when we <laughs> harvested him. But when, not me, but I say we, I didn't, I didn't fling no arrow or send no bullet, but, 
uh, yeah, not patting myself on the back. I, I, in a different situation, maybe I wouldn't have had so much fortitude, but also just, you know, uh, for me, I would have felt like it would have been a waste to the deer I just shot, which was still the biggest deer I'd ever shot. Like I, I, I didn't, I mean, I didn't shoot a, a four corn and just, you know, bite the bullet to fill a tag. I had killed the biggest deer I had ever killed and it almost just felt greedy to even think right. about, about shooting another deer. Now, before I let John John dive in and tell the story, um, you said something there that that really uh, got me, that that piqued my interest. You said we harvested this deer. Um, now, of course, John John, all the credit goes to John John shooting the deer. Absolutely. But as a mentor, that's how we feel. You yeah. know, I mean, if our, uh, you know, when Silas shot his first deer, you guys harvested that deer. Yeah. Um, and, and when my kids harvest their first deer. That'll be a wee thing, uh, mm-hmm. because I would played a vital role in that. You know, um, Patrick Mahomes didn't win the Super Bowl last year. Andy Reid and all the chief staff and all the all the 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 trainers and everybody they all they all won it. Um, Amen. Even if you didn't pull the trigger, even if you didn't bring the comeback, you still. I mean, you were a part of it. You were an intricate part of it, and that's why I wanted to have you guys on, not just John John to tell the story, but. I always preach having a mentor, finding somebody to help you. And I always preach, um, find somebody to get involved with, find somebody to get involved, uh, in, in the outdoors, find somebody and you can say, Hey, let me teach you how to shoot a rifle. Let me teach you how to shoot a bow. Let me teach you about deer hunting. Let me teach you how to hang a tree stand. Let me teach you all these things and find somebody that you can get in the woods. And so I appreciate this whole story. I appreciate the whole relationship. I appreciate the whole three-year cycle of taking uh, a high school kid and making him kill the, what was it, fourth largest deer in Kansas? Uh, seventh. Seventh largest deer in Kansas history. You took a, a kid who's never hunted before, and then in three years you you created him into a literal big buck, literal big buck slayer. Um, and so I just appreciate the entire story. I appreciate the entire relationship. So, John, John. You know that two nights before, Austin had just shot a big buck. Walk me through this hunt where you shoot this giant. Okay. Um, so, actually, that morning, I was laying in bed. I was like, I really don't want to go hunting this morning. <laughs> I was not feeling it at all. We've all been there. Yeah. And so, I was like, "Is the last day of rifle season, too. I was like, I got to get out there. It's the last day. And so, I head out there and... Um, it was a pretty quiet morning. Um, and then around 7.30, um, I was sitting in the tree stand and I heard some branches break. And I was not prepared at all. My gun was in my lap. And I look over and <clears throat> there was a uh, two bucks. One of them that we named Bieber because he was a pretty six point. Yeah, he's a young young deer with some potential. Yeah, and then behind him was uh, Big Boy, the one that I had the uh, opportunity to kill. <clears throat> and so um, he's about, oh, at the time, um, probably 50 yards away. And I, he was still behind me, so I, there's no way I could get a shot. So I let him walk up um, about another 20 yards or so. And at this point, he's about, oh, 30 yards away, 40 yards away. And um, so <clears throat> there's a tree right next to the tree in front of the, uh, kind of in front of the tree stand. And so I 
as careful as possible, I pick up my gun and, um, I kind of, kind of, uh, position. Yeah. Position the gun under the tree for more stability. And, um, and then, you know, we all make that noise to get the deer's attention. (laughs) (laughs) And he, uh, he looks back at me. I just start singing Mariah Carey. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He looked back at me and he opened, opened up his shoulder for a shot. And, uh, and I pulled the trigger and I waited about, and I, I watched him run off. I did not see where, um, he bed down to bleed out or any of that. Um, but I did watch him run off. So, and so I called Austin and I was like, Hey man, is he down? Is he down? <laughs> did you see it go down? <laughs> I was like, Hey man, uh, where you at? Um, He's like, I'm at work. Well, <laughs> oh, you need to take off, brother. I was on that OT, baby. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I was like, I think I just shot Big Boy. You think you just shot him? Uh, that's that's the opera. Yeah. <laughs> think. That's the word. Yeah. Like I said, I didn't see him. I didn't see him go down. So I was like, I, I think I just shot Big Boy. He said, okay, uh, be patient. Just wait in the stand for 30 to 45 minutes. Um, and so then he like, says, 30 or 45, which? <laughs> yeah, I did. He's like, 45. I which was like, is it? I was like, okay. And so I waited patiently, <laughs> eager, ready to get out of the tree stand to um, try to find this buck. And so 45 minutes rolls around. I crawl out of the tree stand. Um, I go to where I shot it, and there's no blood at all. I was like, did I miss this deer? So I call Austin again. I was like, hey, man, there's no blood at all. What do I do? Um, And at the time, he was like, "Uh, you want to meet at the coffee shop for breakfast? And I was like, sure. No, I want to. No, yeah. I was like, no, I want to find this deer. He's like, I think I told him to get back in the stand for two hours. And then after two hours, get out and meet me at the shop. I think I made you sit. In the, I think I made you sit in the stand after that. I did not sit in the stand for two hours. There's no way I could sit in the stand <laughs> said, for two hours. He said you might have told me to, but I sure didn't. <laughs> no, so I uh, went to our uh, coffee shop and uh, local coffee shop and waited there for Austin. Shout out to Number Seven Coffee House if you're listening. <laughs> oh yeah, John 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 John's mom. Uh, uh, what's your name? Austin's mother-in-law own a coffee shop here in town. And so yeah. So we go to the coffee shop and I'm just sitting there waiting for Austin. I was like, yeah, just praying like, Lord, I hope I shot this buck and I hope it went down. But at the time when I got out of the tree stand and looked for a blood trail, there was not a nick of blood, none at all. Like I I, confirmed that there was no blood. (laughs) I was like, "Uh oh, I completely missed this deer. (laughs) And yeah, I was like, I'm never going to have an opportunity like this again. And I, I, I was pretty uh, down on myself. Uh, I don't think I've heard this. I thought you guys just found the deer. No. No. No, it, it, no son. No. It, we, what, it was like another four hours before we actually yeah. found the deer. I gave this deer plenty of time because uh, with this deer especially, and with you, and with it being a rifle, there's there's and the, the parcel we're hunting is very small. We I, th- I found out later that we were hunting a small sliver that is between two highly, highly managed areas. So this little sliver of, of permission ground that we had, um, 
if it bumped off of there, I knew that we would have problems trying to retrieve it. So I wanted to give it all the time in the world to make sure that if it had, if it had been hit in the ankle that we let it try to somehow bleed. So after you suck down your caramel macchiatos, mm. then what? Oh, I had probably had another one. Um, <laughs> well, well, let's take it back to, I forgot to tell you, like before I shot the deer and I saw, saw that deer, I literally almost fell out of the, the tree stand and I'm pretty sure I kind of peed myself a little bit, but <laughs> I don't know why, but I was really hoping he was going to say, I forgot to tell you, Carmel Macchiatos are on sale right now. Buy one, get one free. <laughs> no, no, they're not. <laughs> no. But yeah, that's it is. Right. Go right back into pumpkin spice. I was just hoping you're. That's where this was going. And, <laughs> this is a plug. When I shot my forky, it was a good shot. It was, I got the lungs on on it, and it's not like I. I was just so nervous. I was shaking. I almost fell out of the tree stand, and I was like, "Oh, I just completely missed this deer," <laughs> and then. Back to the part where Austin shows up. Uh, he said, I cried. I threw up twice. And then I was ready to look for the deer. <laughs> yeah. Um, so after Austin shows up, um, we try to head back out there and see if we can't find a blood trail. And yeah, and I'll, I'll pick it up from there because there's no way to properly explain what he was feeling when you show up to that deer. That, I mean, we nicknamed him Big Boy because what else do you call him? Zeus. We show up there. There's not a spot of blood where he shot. The, gritted out where he walked. There's not a spot of spot of blood where he walked. Not a spot of blood. Uh, come to find out, like the only spot of blood that came from that deer would be would have been under his carcass. Yep. But uh, it's like the size. The blood spot was like the size of a quarter. Yeah, we we were very quiet and very slow. Very slow. Uh, he told me the direction he walked. We got you know, probably a hundred yards from that. And I said, all right, now we got to do something called grid searching. I was like, I'm going to have you come over here 20 to 40 yards to my left. I'm going to walk this direction. You walk that direction and just walk slow. Look at everything. Look at leaves. Look at, look for blood, look for him, look for everything. So we're walking and it's one of those things that it's almost exponential with every step you take, your stomach hurts a little more. You take another step your stomach hurts a little more. And then, and then before long in the back of your head, you're trying to tell yourself not to think, Oh no, he just, he just, I just missed this buck. He just ran off and educated the biggest deer that either of us is. I told him when that deer, we first saw that deer, I had been hunting longer than he had been on this earth. And I'm not that old, but I, I had started being mentored at a young age. And I told him, you need to understand. I've never even seen a deer close to this big. No, nobody ever will. But so we're on this gut wrenching. Nobody, but yeah. Well, we're we're on this gut wrenching walk towards uh, in this timber patch between these two uh, CRP fields, we'll call them. And as I'm walking towards the corner, I see the unmistakable uh, split drop tie, and he's got a drop tie on each side that's split. Uh, there's a picture of him behind you on the wall. Yeah. Um, and each of his drop times it had little starts to a split and I see that sticking up out of the grass and I pop my head to the side real quick and you know, that little velociraptor move where you pivot your neck real quick. Oh yeah. I know what you're talking about. So as soon as I did that, I stopped and I said, Hey John, and I, I made up, I'll, I'll tell you now before the Lord, I apologize. It was a bold faced lie. I made up this whole big ruse on how, how well I know deer. Hey, okay. So when they're wounded, they like to come to the corners of these fields and they like to look at the whole field before they enter. So he's got to take Let this, me teach you, son. Yeah. This trail here, it parallels this other trail and they like that too. So you want to, let's come over here. So I have him get on the trail I'm walking and he walks over in front of me and I take my phone out and I video it. Um, and I video him walking through there, you know, Elmer fudding it up, holding his rifle. Uh, <laughs> 
this is after a lot of sweating and it was midday at that point. So, uh, we had gotten hot and, and warm. peeled some layers cause someone got mad that in the video you didn't have the proper amount of orange on. And I said, well, at that point we weren't, we weren't hunting no more, but, um, he's walking through and he almost trips over the buck. I remember when he sees it and he looks back at me, like I'm playing a joke on him. He's like, is it, is this, you, is this for real? And then he gets excited and he's got a gun in one hand and his phone in the other and he just starts shaking them like rattles. Like, oh, and he's trying to figure out what to do with it. I'm like, here, hold it. Don't, don't throw him. Just, just hand me the gun here. And then he's like fidget, fidget in his hand. He's so excited. It's like, it's like, <laughs> it's like Ricky Bobby. I don't know what to do with my hands. Right now. <laughs> so he's wanting to, he's like, I want to call my dad. Oh, I want to call. Oh. <laughs> if I had let him talk, I bet he would have just said, I want to call the president. I want to, <laughs> I want to call whoever. So he got all excited and he just started and. And when he got his hands down on the deer, you could see it just hit him. And he just had this little giggle like a little kid on Christmas that got his red rider. (laughs) I can't tell you how many people um, I said that deer is is on a picture behind him. Um, That deer was featured in a calendar. Um, And I can't tell you how many people have walked in my office and said, dude, that's an insane deer. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I actually know the guy who shot it. No big deal. Uh, (laughs) I saw it after he killed it. You know, no big deal. Um what did it end up scoring? Um, so, um, what was it? A year later, we went to... Because right when I shot it, it was a year later before we actually had it officially scored. And we took it up to what is uh, in Wichita, and they have a Monster Buck Classic. Mm-hmm. And um, they had Boone and Crockett scores there, and they were able to score my buck. And it scored at 226 and 1.8. Net. Net. Yeah. And that then, says 239. Yeah. 239 was the gross score. We'll go with that. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's humble. He always says the lower one first. I think it was only like I think it was like 239 or something. I don't remember. Maybe. So also because he's he's uh newer at hunting. If I a- shoot a 239-inch deer, I promise you there's going to be a tattoo on my cheek <laughs> and it's going to say 239 inches. Yeah, people are going to think it's my phone number because I will pay Verizon to have that switched over. 239 will be the beginning of all my phone numbers. (laughs) Now, before we move on, uh, quick thank you to some of our friends over at Bonning. Uh, They make some of the greatest arrow components and arrow building accessories. Um, They've got veins for everything, whether you're a traditional archer, whether you are a compound shooter, whether you're just getting started, or whether you're building arrows to shoot in tournaments. They make components for everything you need and they make some incredible bear archery branded products with some fred bear flannel wraps some fred bear camo wraps um, just some really good looking stuff that is fred bear branded so go check out our friends over at bonding archery now um 239 inches I promise you, again, if I ever kill a 239-inch deer, it's going to be tattooed on my cheek right here, um, which will be really weird for ministry, but that's okay. Um, now, this deer um, this deer had a, a 22 bullet in its jaw, correct? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. As is, is amazing it is to, to shoot a deer that's that big. Um, and these are things, there's other characteristics that I know that John, John wasn't going to, you know, really go off about. Like, uh, for one, when he told you his stability and his shot where he thought he'd missed it, he wasn't lying. He was about two inches from missing the entirety of the deer. One inch. One inch. Yeah. <laughs> said, I was, Don't I was make trying. me sound better than I am. <laughs> so humble. But we got, I got pictures at the processor. There's, I, I had no idea there's an artery that runs along the, the sternum, the, the breastplate of a buck and he hit it. 
That's why the, the deer uh, laid down. The only drop of blood that we found was under it because it bled internally. When they skinned it, yeah. it you know it had, it had bled out internally. But he hit some artery that was one inch from being off any fur of that deer. Uh, I told him afterwards we should have named him Lucky with all these coincidences. So he almost missed. Uh, secondly, it was a double throat patch, which if you if you whitetail hunt, you know is not yeah. you know insane. You're gonna see those before you'll see a 239 inch deer, I'm sure, but. But put them together, yeah, now that deer well, is even more special. Adding this in, he had a calcified twenty two lead slug in his jaw. So someone had tried to shoot this deer in the jaw. And we, me and his dad always have debates about, was it genetics? His dad's convinced it's just these rare, amazing genetics that come from our no. area. And I, I'm of the mind that, man, I've seen a lot of genetics. and <laughs> no, yeah. None of them came from a twenty two. But So he'd been shot in the face. It had double throat patch. Almost missed it. It was honestly, uh, I, I've, I'm not an expert on deer, and I know people that have seen more than me, but by looking at the size of the hoofs, the tooth wear, other factors about its body size and, and, and characteristics of it, it's, it, I guessed at it being a young deer. Like, yeah. It, oh, yeah. I, I certainly would have guessed that. Yeah, I was, I, was, I, was, I was in the age range of three and a half, which yeah. to me is oh, just yeah. mind-blowing. Um, now, believe it or not, um, I, I did a podcast with, uh, some friends from QDMA and I think I, I might've told you this after I, I yeah. hung up, I told them the story of this deer and, uh, they said it, it can happen. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of rare can happen though, where sometimes, uh, when they get an injury like that, the very next year they can go back to being a small, typical basket eight or whatever they were, um, uh, kind of rare, but they, that deer very well could have, um, Made it through the season, dropped his antlers, came back the very next year as being a, a typical basket 140-inch eight. Yeah. And if you take away all the points, it was smaller than the deer Austin killed oh, yeah. 48 hours before that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the body mass and things like that were, and, and, and the antler mass as well. For all the crazy points and stuff it had, it, there was not there a was ton. There was no mass, yeah. Yeah, it just had tons and tons and tons of points. And, and also... 27? 26. Yeah, and, and and if you also look at the behavior of it, um, and I know hoof size is not always indicative and all these other things that I looked at, tooth wear can vary by region. I've spent a lot of Googling <laughs> on all these topics, but even his behavior being so patterned is, is for someone that hunts, it you was know. was a young deer. Yeah, yeah. which even, even more so just makes it so insane. Uh, and also the fact well, that he was Well, and especially for you to have seen it. Yeah. I mean, you don't see a, an eight-year-old buck three times in a year. I mean, you just yeah. don't. You don't see a big, mature um, buck three times, especially after you just... What, did you shoot yours with a bow or rifle? Uh, I shot mine with a bow two days so, prior. Especially after you just... With your bare bow. So especially after you just shot an animal and you've made noise getting down and you're pulling it. I mean, you don't see a big eight-point or a, a big eight-year-old buck stroll in. I just... I mean, it's happened. I'm not saying that it's never happened, but... No, definitely not three times. Yeah, and, and usually you won't you won't have uh, my my buck was not you know some three hundred and fifty pound monster, um, but my buck was very very evidently dominant. So uh, the yeah. way that he be- behaved in front of him made me feel like even more so. Uh, afterwards, all these things connected dots, but that's what we I told him for a long time. We should have named him Lucky after the fact because just all the things that came into all the ways that. Uh, you know we're we're believers, and and uh, I told him that you know, God wanted him and him alone to have that deer, and he put together all these crazy things to make sure that he knew that it was just for him. Yeah, gorgeous, two amazing deer, 
two gorgeous deer in 48 hours. Obviously, one a little more amazing than the other. No offense. <laughs> but, I'm, I'll, I'm happy with but it, But two amazing deer in 48 hours on the same piece of ground. Um, you guys didn't keep that lease long. No, it was, <laughs> it was uh, actually uh, the next season... It was uh, it was pulled out from under us on November first. So. Welcome to Kansas. Yeah, you know, if you hunt if you hunt deer at all, you understand the worst day of the year to lose a lease is November first. Yeah, yeah, yep, absolutely is. Much like the worst day to have a kid is November seventh. Been or, there, done that. Yeah, or say your wedding vows. Yes, <laughs> yes. I my dad got mad. I called my dad. After I proposed um, to my wife, I called my dad and I said, hey, we're getting married. My dad is also a pastor, so he was going to perform the wedding, obviously, and he just wanted to be at his son's wedding. But I called him and he said, what day are you guys thinking? And I said, uh, November whatever I said, or maybe it was October. I, I said a date, and he said, no, you ain't getting married that day. I said, what do you mean, Dad? <laughs> he said, you ain't getting married that day. He said, that's my deer camp, so I'll be at deer camp. I'm like, dude, that's what my wedding is. He said, then I won't be there. <laughs> he said, I pay a lot of money. To go to this deer camp and to be a member of this deer camp and to, to you know to pay my fees or whatever to go hunt down here and you know I got to maintain the cabin or pay the cooks whatever and he said I'm not just throwing away that money so I won't be there and so I, I changed my wedding uh, date because my dad was going to be hunting um, and then he shows up to the wedding and he had just got back from this hunt and from from because we only pushed it back a couple weeks and so he just got back and so he had his his gruffy gray beard and. and uh, I was pumped. I'm like, yes, Dad, you're keeping that beard. And, and my mom made him shave it. But uh, he had his deer, camp, his deer camp beard going on for the wedding. So at least I got a deer camp beard out of it. Um, now, this will show me if you guys are fans of the podcast or not, if you guys have listened to it. Because if not, this is going to completely throw you off guard, and now you got to come up with something. Um, we do what's called our Hunting 101 Field Notes. So give us a quick 30-second just easy tip that you have taken from the hunting woods. Um, for John John, it's know your directions, north, south, east, and west. <laughs> uh, he's still working on it, but but we'll get him. Um, he says, dude, they make these things now, um, and if you hold them out in front of you, there's a needle that spins around, and it shows you which... <laughs> no. Um, so a quick hunting 101 tip, uh, hunting 101 field note that you have learned over your years of hunting. I'll let Austin go first. That way, John John has a little more time to think about it. Yeah, but now I know you guys aren't fans of the show because you're both like, "Oh crap, I gotta come up with no. something." <laughs> now, my last name's Ledbetter. You're never gonna stump me when it comes to talking. Uh, <laughs> we've always got some something ready to 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 be disposed of. I would say, if it were just pertaining to whitetail, that would be different. But if you're talking about the broader conversation of hunting in general, um, man, uh, I, I've I've developed, especially since since him taking his deer. A saying, uh, you know, if you're hunting for an animal, then you'll often come up disappointed. If you're hunting for adventure, for experience, and for memories, then every single thing you do is going to be worth it. Um, the experience, the adventure of that deer for him, uh, I will say not all of it was good. Uh, killing a deer like that when you're this new, there was a lot of feelings of, of uh, you know, people's vanity or their pride came out in them. and, and people. Yeah, a lot of jealousy. A lot of a lot of people that that were felt he was unworthy to kill that deer. Uh, a this lot is the of, first time I've talked to John John since 2017, and I only <laughs> talked to him to get the story from him. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there was there was uh, there was a lot of troubles that deer brought for us. But um, but since then, um, he's he's starting to get into some western hunting with me. Uh, we we've got a, a mule deer hunt planned, and 
And that's one thing that if there's anything I'm glad that I think he's taken from me, it's not hunting for, for, for decoration. Because, yeah. I mean, I got walls in my house with stuff on them. And, you know, I, I got great memories behind each and every little thing. Yeah. Including that bear that's going to be soon to come. But, man, like I said, it, I, I if I go out there and I'm just hunting for a good time, for good memories, good experiences, um, like one of the biggest things that stands out on the hunt I just went to was, I, this is way longer than 30 seconds. I'm a lead better. I'm going to keep talking anyway. But uh, we were grilling Pop-Tarts on a on a grill. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. You, you want hot, you know, cinnamon brown sugar Pop-Tarts, you put them on a grill. <laughs> but see, those are the kind of things that stand out to me just as much. That my buddies being there with me when I zipped that arrow through. Uh, me being there when John recovered his deer. Um, because of how, <laughs> like, all the things of cleaning it and showing it to people, the holes it poked in my bed cover because of the stinking rack stuck out of my bed. <laughs> just all those little things. Uh, when I was with him, I was hunting for that experience, and that animal just enriched it. So that that's that's the long-winded version of what if I could get anybody to do is hunt hunt for that experience. Now, I really got super sad just then when you talked about hunting with your buddies and everything because we've been friends for <laughs> eight years now, and I don't think we've ever went on a hunt together. Nothing, not coyotes, birds, nothing. Oh, I'm very I'm very picky, and uh, I don't. Uh, well, this is now. just going to get hurtful. All right, John, John, <laughs> John, John, in your in your infinite knowledge of the directions, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I got to stop playing jokes. Um, give us a, a a a field note that you've taken from from the field. Know your directions. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, That's a pretty good one, yeah, actually. Yeah. Well, don't pee in the wind. <laughs> don't eat yellow uh, snow. Well, it pertains to the buck that, well, the first two bucks um, that I killed um, is to be patient after you uh, fire your shot. That's a good one. Oh, um, yeah. I've lost many deer because I didn't follow that. Yeah. Um, be patient. And uh, it's, it's kind of, it's a waiting game is what it is. Um, give it time to bed down and bleed out. Um, if I don't think, if I didn't give it that four or five hours before we started searching for it then if i would have went after it right when i shot it i don't think i would have ever found that buck um i think shortly after that deer you guys uh had a lesson in that didn't you, you uh I, he was trying Absolutely. to I'm, yeah. I'm such a good mentor that he has tried to pass on mentoring to his wife so he's tried to become the mentor you know he became a local celebrity for killing that deer and uh he uh yeah. He didn't follow his own instruction the very next year with a deer that his wife shot. And when I called him, he said, we can't find it. And I asked, how long ago did you shoot it? Oh, at least 15 minutes ago. <laughs> I, uh, the, that bear that I just shot, uh, usually I have an okay time waiting. Uh, but that bear that I just shot, if I wasn't terrified of walking into the dark woods with a wounded bear, <laughs> I would have sprinted into the woods to find that bear. But no, I remember the first buck I shot. Um, with my bow, I called my dad and said, dude, I just shot a monster. <laughs> All right, wait, and you're, it's hanging out there in the wall. You see how big of a monster it is. Uh, now, for Arkansas, that is a, a really good deer. But, uh, it's a boomer I said, there. I said, so, oh, yeah. I said, dude, I just shot a, a deer, a, a nice buck. And uh, he said, well, wait 30 minutes. I'll be there in, in 30, and we'll go out and look for it. I said, All right. Scurried down my stand and ran into the woods looking for it. <laughs> Didn't wait, uh, but we did end up finding the deer uh, only, you know, about 40 yards from where I shot it at. So, um, a success story. Now, 
this buck um, that that we're talking about um, is the uh, cover photo for this uh, podcast on YouTube. So if you're listening to this on any other platform and you want to see a picture of this buck, head over to Bear Archery's YouTube and you will see a picture of the buck um, as the cover art for the episode. So just an absolute gorgeous deer. I mean, 239 inches. I I don't need to say any more. Um, just a gorgeous deer. Um, so before we head out, I do need to say thank you to our friends over at Minus 33 Merino Wool. Uh, just some of the finest Merino on planet Earth. I know Austin's a huge fan of Merino. And uh, I, I basically live in the stuff. I wear it to work. Um, I don't wear any other socks now other than Merino. If I'm going to the gym, a hike, uh, if I'm wearing my Crocs, whatever. I'm wearing Merino socks. Um, and minus 33 just does it incredibly well. Now, also, don't forget um, about our giveaway. And we have a $150 gift card to minus 33 in that giveaway. We're giving away a brand new Bear Archery 2021 Redemption EKO. Um, we're giving, and that's fully set up with all your Trophy Ridge accessories. $150 gift card to minus 33. A elite membership to onyx with some onyx swag an alps ep uh, alps traverse eps backpack from alps outdoors and a radial nano from oz by Scentlock. so an awesome giveaway uh head over to bear archery's social media to find out how to get entered to win that but you must subscribe to the podcast to be entered to win so go ahead and hit the like and subscribe button and we will see you back here next week so thanks for listening and you guys have a good one 